What's up, everybody? It's been way, way chill, too chill. Man, it's been a minute. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room, y'all. We are back, man. It's been a, a long summer uh, of not being able to, to shop with y'all and talk, you know, talk shop. I'm excited. I don't know about you, man. I'm excited, bro. Yeah, no, I'm excited for a multitude of things. Obviously, excited to do this podcast again and excited to see you back out there on the court. You've been looking good. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a moment, but we're going to get right down to business because I know you guys have been waiting for us to chime in. And all things NBA here on the pod. Uh, we'll talk about some other things in the NBA, like Victor Webinyama, the Boston Celtics, maybe even a little Dame time in Milwaukee a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's get to one of my favorite exercises, Danny. You know what mm -hmm. that is? Do you remember what that is? No. You want your favorite exercises? No. Yeah. Well, what, as it pertains to the show, you know, you always go trending. And so sometimes I just like to okay. type in your name on Twitter. So the trend or, or whatever okay. it's called and see what is being said. So there's two things that I want to get your comments on before we talk about. Oh, yes. Of course, guys, we'll talk about James Harden. Uh, number mm -hmm. one, Patrick Beverly on his podcast. He recently said uh, that when he met you in L.A., I think this was two years ago. He thought it could have been on site. He didn't know <laughs> what the energy might have been. If you guys don't <laughs> remember, Patrick Beverly two years ago made some comments about Chris Paul during his ESPN appearance. And Danny didn't like the comments that Pat Beverly made. Basically said, uh, what was it, a traffic cone? He called he called TP a cone. And I and my I just thought he went far with it. And I stand on what I said, of course. And I said, when anybody's guarding Luca, like you're a cone too, that type of thing. So I'm like, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Luca Doncic, who's an MVP caliber player, all-star uh player. There's not many people stopping him. So regardless of who you put in front of him, whether it's him or CP, you're gonna need help. You're not just you're not stopping that guy. So yeah, I made some remarks. It went viral. Um, it was interesting because yes, it was a year, a year and a half, about a year ago in the summertime. And we uh, re I rehab at a facility which is you know, the Clippers facility. He works out there sometimes because they have a nice little half court gym in there. And uh, yes, yeah, so we did run into each other the first time. It was a little awkward, but you know, Pat Pat's a funny guy, talks his shit, uh, but he's a great guy. When you get to know him, was a lot of love for his teammates. Great locker room guy that you need. You know, tries to bring everybody together, tries to be the glue, tries to understand what's going on, and will push you. Necessary, uh, him and PJ. Necessary, you know, I won't say necessary evil, but like he's the guy that you need to stir up some things sometimes. But necessary guy or necessary vet to push you. You know, necessary guy to to make sure to hold people accountable. You know him, him and PJ um, Tuck. So, you know, it's been a it's been an interesting you know group that we have, but it's been a, a real pleasure getting to know those guys, the guys that I've been playing against for 15 years that I've never been teammates with. So, you know, Tuck is one of them, Pat's one of them, and uh, you know we, we have a pretty good bond. And I was telling you even off air before, like we're on the same team, we have a good chemistry. You know, we be you know blue team be struggling, we're on the white team with other team. Um, you know, we cause a little havoc, so we, we have a good rhythm with the group that we have. It's me, him, and Kelly. And, uh, you know, we get some some good things going in practice. Yeah, I want to know more about the team chemistry again. We will talk about James Harden in a moment. But another reason why you were, uh, why your name popped up on social media, uh, there was an article that came out from ESPN as it pertains to John Morant. Uh, and the, the article went on to talk about a numerous uh, events that took place in John Morant's career uh, most mm -hmm. recently that I've really had him on uh, the negative public perception of him. We don't have to go into all the details of everything that happened. But also in that article, they quoted uh, sources, team sources. And uh, I want to read here a, a one tweet. I hope y'all also know that team source 
is definitely Danny Green. <laughs> and I think it's because obviously when you when you left the Grizzlies, you did some work for ESPN. So uh -huh. maybe that's like, oh, it must be Danny Green. And obviously it's not real, but you're that's it's wild. an interesting dynamic that you have. Yeah. When you're the media you guy, you become you the work team for snitch. You're saying like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So when you're in the media, it's automatic. You're the media snitch. Or the, I, I have been doing this podcast for five years. I've been in locker rooms for fifteen years. Six years. I, I've never six years. This is year no. six. Ain't it? it? Started twenty eighteen. Five years, bro. Five years. Oh, five years. Five yeah, years in the game. Five years and some change. Um. So yeah, I've been in locker rooms for fifteen years. I've never been. I mean, I wouldn't say never, but I've. Maybe in college was the time where I was on the media and leaked something that I shouldn't have leaked. That's another story for another day. Okay, but as I'll, long I'll write as that I've been in the league, I've never been one of the guys to leak anything to me. If I had something to say, I would tweet it directly or say it publicly on my podcast or in studio. But I'm not the source or the snitch or the media. And everything that we have in the locker room, I keep it sacred to the locker room. You know, there's plenty of stories I could easily tell. There's plenty of um, things that go on that I can I can spill. I've never been the guy to be the source or the the, the team snitch or the media the media uh, snitch uh, to leak something. So, but that is interesting. That I mean, comes with the game. It comes with the game, and I'm, I'm the easy target. You know, Danny's the media guy. But what was the reports that came out that supposedly I'm the resource? Oh no, it was just there was a number of insider uh, opinions about John Moran and the team uh -huh. gave him too much leeway, and T Moran is the big issue because he's trying to live out. Uh, a superstar life through his son. Like I'll send you the article, but it was very uh, negative, just uh, in, as it pertains to how the Grizzlies handled John ja Morant. And a lot of those things, what it sounds like, I wasn't even on a team long enough to be able to <laughs> to really dive in or hone in onto what was going on. Um, For sure, I mean the so, article is all encompassing. Inc Jeez, uh, like if they would go, they have quotes from local business owners in uh, Memphis. They have a, mm -hmm. a number of different people who chimed in on the whole John Moran situation. People have been there longer than I have been around for years. Yeah. And I don't think that it's a secret of how Ja operates and moves around. He keeps his family close. And it's an easy target to to talk about his family and the people around him as well. Like Just because they're always around. It's like, oh, when it could have nothing to do with them. But because he's with this group of people, we're going to target this group of people. And we know he spends a lot of time with them. He takes care of these people. They have a strong, inf they must have a strong influence on him in a negative way because he's obviously acting when it could just be him going through something his on his own. But um, people are going to find, you know, ways to point the finger at it. everybody around uh, the person and him as well. And, 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 you know, share blame. Yeah, for sure. It's a story and a chapter, the NBA season that we will be keeping track of throughout the 2023, 2024 year. But another story that we'll be keeping track of uh, is the story of why it's not always sunny in Philadelphia. Let's get down to it, Danny. James Harden, uh, again, in the headlines, your teammate. And I must say, Danny, ever since we started this podcast, you're always in some drama. From the Kawhi drama uh, to obviously dealing with being in the Lakers during the bubble and winning a championship, which is drama in itself. And then you had the Ben, you were around in Philly for the Ben Simmons drama. And now... Here we go again. A similar here drama are. here where James Harden uh, reportedly, and you could probably confirm this now since it's out there, but you don't have mm -hmm. to. Uh, he hasn't been with the team since Sunday. He did not attend practice on Thursday, October 19th. Did not attend practice on Wednesday, October 18th. Obviously, you guys have one more preseason game left Friday against the Atlanta Hawks. 
Uh, what are the vibes in the locker room right now as it currently stands? And what are your expectations for James Harden? The vibes are good, man. I, I said, we have a great group. Like I explained, I said, me, Pat Bev, Tuck, we have a good relationship. Kelly, you know, Tobias is stepping up. He's always been a leader uh, in his own. Uh, Tyrese is stepping up, matured. Joel's been around. He's getting his body right. Um, so, guys, we have a good team, a good group with or without James. Obviously, with him, we're really good, and we would love for him to play. Uh, but I expect that he's taking some time away right now. I don't know what it is or what the issue may be. He was at practice every day and being a professional up until this point. He's only missed like one or two practices and um, he just hasn't played in the games. But, you know, James is a competitor. He's the ultimate professional. He takes care of his body, he does what he's supposed to do. Um, and obviously, as a brother, as a teammate, want to see him happy and, you know, hope for things to work out what's best for him and his situation. Um, but it's tough, you know, it's tough playing, you know, both sides and, and wanting to win and want him to play. Uh, but I said, I, I don't see how it, it ends in the way that he expects it to. Um, and I, I see him hopefully joining us sooner than later, but I see him playing for us, uh, this season and hopefully for the rest of the season. And maybe they get a, maybe they get a, a deal done before trade deadline. Uh, but I, I still don't see it, maybe, but he has to be on the floor ultimately and to, show his worth and prove i guess because people forget about you you know it's a, how quickly you forget you know your last game they you know what have you done for me lately type of league type of world type of business and his last games obviously weren't you know the the normal james harden showing but once you see him out there again it's 22 and 11 then it's like all right clippers like maybe we do need to get this guy maybe things start off rocky for them or maybe other teams start off rocking like you know what maybe houston's like you know we want to shake things up maybe we should have grabbed james um, but when he shows and gets on the court and shows what he's supposed to do, I think that's the only case that can help him to to get moved. Um, but I do expect him to play for us fully and uh, hopefully be back with us in, in the first week or so. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I do like our group. I do like the chemistry. Learn a lot about these guys. There's a lot of love, a lot of respect from these guys. You know, I got a chance to the scrimmage. We got a chance to coach scrimmages, me and Pat. Um, so it's been dope. And it's good to see, you know, Tyrese got his podcast now. Pat got his podcast. He's doing some great things off the court. Um, so we got all the pieces that we need to, to get it done. And uh, so the East is still wide open as much as the changes have made in Boston and Milwaukee have sh shaken the league. I still believe that you know we have a group that can get it done. Yeah, I find myself very curious about this whole James Harden situation. Now, the, the reports say that it'll be two first round picks, whether one of them is uh, one of the Clippers own and a pick swap along with Terrence Mann. And there's multitude of reports saying that either the Clippers don't want to do two picks or they don't want to include Terrence Mann. And I'm like, mm -hmm. hold on, are we talking about James Harden right now? Like, I, I yeah. was like, I yeah. know, like, it, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. crazy. What are we talking yeah. about here? Like, if that is what's holding up the deal, Make the deal happen if you really want it. I understand maybe the Clippers are feeling like they're working against themselves, but uh, if you want to get your season off to the right start, uh, there's a guy by name of James Harden who led the league in assists last year. With that being said, if he sticks around in Philly, you guys look pretty damn good in my opinion, and I wouldn't be surprised if you were able to knock out the Milwaukee Bucks or able to knock out the Boston Celtics or mess around and get the number one overall seed and really help yourselves uh, going far in the playoffs. It makes the game a lot easier for me, I'll tell you that much. Um, he's a guy that can create and find you in a pocket and punish his defense, not with just his attacking, but his passing. And he can get the ball in places on time, on target, from far places. He can get, you know, on, on a string, he'll find the shooter in the corner, which we don't have many of those on our team. We don't have many play creators, playmakers, or real true point guards. We have scoring guards, combo guards, but James is one of the, true point guards I think we have left in the league, but for sure on our team.
Yeah, for sure. I, 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 to your point, I expect him to play because there is that new rule that came out this, uh, this past summer where if a player does not show for 30 consecutive days, then the team, I guess that if the team is not accepting those absences, then that player jeopardizes their ability to have free agency the upcoming season. It wouldn't count as a year accrued. So James Harden would be back in the same situation he is now if he does not show up as long as the Philadelphia 76ers don't approve those absences, which if I was the 76ers, uh, I would not. It's going to be a long, long, it's going to be a drama for sure. We'll keep track of it uh, in Philadelphia. And I'm very curious to see, Danny, uh, how Joel Embiid has reacted this past offseason in this training camp to Nikola Jokic taking the crown and being the finals MVP. We'll be, keep, we'll be keeping track of that for sure throughout the entirety of this season of Inside the Green Room. That's just a little snippet of what we're going to do. Uh, when we come back, we're going to run a little pick and roll, a new game that we want to play here on ITGR. Inside the Green Room, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room, Harrison Sanford, Danny Green. You guys know the vibes already, but maybe you actually don't. You see, this year, we're going to switch it up a little bit. And this time in the show, around this time in the show, we're going to be doing a little thing we like to call the pick and roll. I'm going to name a topic or two. Danny and I are going to debate. I will probably be right. He'll probably be wrong. And we'll move from there. All right. So yeah, here we go. Let's do <laughs> it. Ready to get let's get to ready it. Let's pick and roll. All right. I let's doubt go. Let's you'll, go. You'll be right. But let's do it. Yeah, let's go to the place where you uh, really made your name in the in your NBA career, San Antonio. Victor Webinyama is getting off to his, or getting ready to start his rookie year, probably the most hyped rookie year we've ever seen, at least since LeBron. But on the other side, you have a guy who might have a little bit of beef with him, Chet Holmgren, uh-huh. getting his first start or his first uh, NBA action after missing all of last year. He classifies as a rookie as well. Danny, I'm going to ask you a question here. What's mm-hmm. more likely? Spurs make the play-in, or Chet Holmgren wins Rookie of the Year? I'm going to go with Chet winning Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't think there's any beef, but there's a competitive edge because there's so much comparisons between the two. Uh, there's so much alike. They're you know very tall, lanky, athletic players that can do a lot of things at their size, which we don't see often. It's kind of uh, abnormal to us to see seven-footers move like that. But not many times do you see a guy – in his second year, that's a rookie, not win rookie of the year. You know, every time that I think about it, he's got a year under his belt um, of working out with the team, watching it, learning it. I think he has that advantage against the other rookies. And OKC has had a hell of a year last year. So the fact that they had a good group and adding him gives them that much more of an advantage. And, you know, Spurs are still, even though they got Victor Wembanyama, they still have some growing pains to go through. So uh, I think they can get the plan, but I think it's more likely Chet gets rookie of the year. Yeah, I'm going to roll with you on that one. Chet Holmgren's skill package is way too tough, and I like the way that OKC offense runs. It's going to allow him to get a lot of opportunities within the flow of the offense. So I'm rolling with you on that one, and I'm a little bit skeptical about the point guard situation there in San Antonio. Tyus or uh, Mr. Trey. Jones, who's yeah. Trey Jones? Yes, Trey Jones. He's going to have Tyus to show brother. Me. Yeah, it's a big year for him. He could have uh, he has the opportunity to prove that he could be the point guard of the future. If not, they might have to move forward there in San Antonio. All right, topic number two. Let's pick and roll with this one. 
Klay Thompson, we saw some recent reports that him and the Golden State Warriors are far away from making any type of deal in terms of a contract extension. He's in a contract year. Meanwhile, your teammate Tobias Harris also in a contract year. What's more likely, Tobias Harris or Klay Thompson making the All-Star team? Oh, Remember, Tobias hasn't made an All-Star team yet. Yeah. I think a lot of that dictates whether James plays or not. Um, and it's been tough for Tobias. And I'm not going to say that he's old, but as he's gotten older, it's only going to get harder uh, to do that. But within the system, if James does not play, which I, I expect him to play at some point for us in the season, probably earlier in the season, uh, I'm going to go with Clay. Uh, but I think it's unlikely for both of them because the West is so tough. It's unlikely for both of them to make the All-Star team. But I feel, I feel like people uh, underestimate Clay and how good of a year he had last year. He had, you know, had uh, some really, I wouldn't say career highs, but he had a really good career year, one of his better career years last year coming back after injuries. And I, I only see him excelling and getting better, uh, especially with Chris Paul being there and open up the floor even more from him playing the four, playing against fours. It's going to be hard for those guys to chase him. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Him playing the four is kind of wild to me. I don't I don't know how that's going to work. In today's NBA, it's not that crazy. You think so? There's not that many fours out there that you got a couple fours that he has to guard that are like so much more like that's going to post up. When they play the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon does all them duckings. Yeah, that's one. That's one Come team. Come on now. You got Zion and Aaron Gordon. Outside of that, name the other fours that are doing duckings. Most of them even... Porzingis, all those guys on the perimeter. A lot, most fours, one through four, are usually guards at this point. Most fours are Tobias, Paul George, Kawhi, you know, Kevin Durant. Like those are guys he's already guarded most of his career. So I don't see it being that big of adjustment for him. I think it's very unlikely either to make the All Star team, but I would take Clay, even though I know Tobias uh, could very well have a great opportunity uh, depending sure. on if James Harden plays or not. All right, topping number three, pick and roll with this one. So far in this NBA preseason, the Boston Celtics are averaging 45 three-pointers a game, which would set, oh, which would tie the record of the Houston Rockets in 2018-2019, 2019-2020, aka they're getting them up under Joe Missoula and, and only opening up the floor more with Kristaps Porzingis. What's more likely, the Celtics lead the NBA in offensive efficiency or the Sacramento Kings do it again because the Kings last year were number one in offensive efficiency, actually had the highest offensive efficiency in the history of the NBA. I'm going to go with Sacramento Kings going back to back. Oh, um, really? Boston is good. I think I said it's the first year with that group. They're going to have some growing pains. It's going to be up and down. It's not going to run that smoothly. They do have a lot of threats and weapons from the perimeter. But they do take a ton of shots, and there's going to be some some off nights. You see, we we'll have to see where their maturity goes. I think they lost a lot of their defense and a lot of their maturity when they lost Grant, Smart, um, you know, Williams, and Brogdon. So I think they are very talented, but they're going to go some growing pains. And Sacramento has the same team damn near back as they you know from last year. So I, I assume that they're going to play even better. They have more familiarity with each other. So I think they do it back to back, man. Mm, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a pretty good one as well. Uh, I'm still going with the Boston Celtics. I don't believe in the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I'm going to have to become a believer again. I Yes, I know they had a great year under Mike Brown, but I'd have to believe that NBA defenses will be a little bit more conditioned to what they want to uh, put out there. All right, Sacramento's too fast. De'Aaron Fox is too fast. And you forget, Boston's not as deep. Every season there's injuries. You can count on there's going to be one or two guys not wishing anything on anybody. But 
if they get one or two guys go down in a Boston team, it takes away a lot of their offense. And Chris Stapps has had some issues with the knee in the past. A couple guys have had some issues in the past over there. Um, but I said, I hope that everybody stays fully healthy and we have a great competitive league. But I think with the fact that there's going to be ups and downs and injuries, I think Sacramento has a deeper team and guys that can push the pace a little bit faster. Yeah, they definitely do. We'll see how they can back, uh, back up what they did last year. All right, last one. We recorded this on October 19th, which is Evander Holyfield's birthday. More iconic boxer from the 90s, Evander Holyfield or Lennox Lewis? Evander Holyfield. Um, is it because he got his ear bit? Uh, yeah, and just because of the fact that he beat Mike. You know what I'm saying? I don't think um, Lennox Lewis did. I don't think Lennox Lewis beat Mike. Then Mike beat Lennox Lewis, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think, I remember he did beat Mike. Okay, so I'm going to go to Evander either way. Uh, Lennox Lewis. Both of them got the dub over Mike. Was a good fight. Both of them had a good fight, um, but they had some good fighting history. They had some good wins, but uh, I'm going to go with the Evander Holyfield because I think that that matchup between him and Mike Tyson was the big one of the ages. And then because it's so iconic, because the ear was bitten off and spit out and collected, and now they're doing ear commercials together. Uh, which is amazing. They got a commercial together? Yeah, man. I don't know if you know. I think they're selling like CBD or HTHC or edibles. Oh, oh no Edible way. ears. They're selling edible ears. So, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 hilarious, but it's great to see the old guys come back and talk about it and have commercials together. And, you know, they're selling, selling edible ears, I think, or something like that. Could you imagine if that ever happened in an NBA game? No. Or if somebody <laughs> bit somebody's ear? No, I couldn't. Most, okay, all right, we're going to go to break here, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Most likely to pull up Mike Tyson in an NBA game is? Oh, man, probably Dylan Brooks. It's my guy. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan, but, you know, he, the media is targeting, <laughs> but he, he's known to might do some wild shit here and there. Um, and, you know, he's he's him. It's between him and Pat setting the tone. Those are two guys I know, and they, they do different things to set the tone. They'll give you a jab, a little elbow. Uh, so I don't think it's likely that anybody does it. I just said most likely, just most yeah. likely. You got to go with the guys that are the, you know, the NBA villains. And oh, God, you know, Dylan, Dylan and maybe Pat. You never know, man. He's just he's suspended for a whole ass year if that happens. All right. Yeah. We'll be back with more inside the green room. I have some betting insights and some predictions for how the NBA season might turn out. We'll be right back after the break. Back with more Inside the Green Room. About to close up this show for today, but I'm so happy to be back, y'all. And we'll be back every single week. You can check us either Wednesday or Thursday throughout the NBA season. We'll have interviews. We'll have insights to everything going on in the NBA. And yes, we'll be focused in on the team that Danny is playing for as well. But as we get, as we look ahead to the NBA season, my friend, come on, we got to do this. We got to make our picks. It's only right. I'm not a gambler, man. I'm just going to give you who I think is good, who's not, but I'm not going to tell you where to put your money. I'm not telling you where understand. to gamble, but I can give you my insights of my thought process of what I think is a good, could be a good pick. I understand. Well, yeah, if you guys have been listening to this pod for a while, you do know I do some sports betting uh, content for a multitude of networks. Uh, so you can check me out on those. And maybe sometimes I'll do a special sports betting episode that Danny won't be involved in because we know we're not trying to stop his paper. With that being said, all right, here's my pick for MVP. 
I'm going back to back. Joel Embiid. There's no way I don't see him performing at the same level, if not better. One of the key factors for me, as I thought, as I thought about Joel Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid's lowest average points per game has come against the Toronto Raptors, aka Nick Nurse. Now that he is his head coach, I think Nick Nurse is going to be able to say, Joel, this is how they're going to attack you. Be aware for this. Be aware for that. I think working with Nick Nurse instead of working against him is only going to make his IQ a bit better. And then I also would like to think, Danny, I would like to think that watching Nikola Jokic and how he operated in the finals is also going to motivate Joel Embiid, not just to be a scorer, but be more versatile, pass the ball, dribble handoffs, setting screens that really opens up the offense. And finally, and the wild card, especially if James Harden is not playing ball for the Philadelphia 76ers, I can see him taking on that responsibility, similar to what he did when Ben Simmons wasn't around and he was you know, top two for MVP. I think he does it all over again, if not better. MVP, Joel Embiid. I'm going to have to agree to an extent. Um, I think if we're going to go with the old, I would like to see a new MVP. We'll start off with that. And I think this is the year that we might get one. But for going back, I think I said if we're going to get one of the repeats, I think it's going to be Joel or Giannis. I think it's between those two guys um, in the East. It's kind of up in the air. Giannis got a new team. He's got Dame with him, but he still has something to prove. I think he has a chip on his shoulder, an edge, a hunger, seeing Joel and Jokic be those other guys that can win MVPs and also um, be, I guess, a team standing longer than his team. Um, so I could see him coming in and having something to say about that. But my pick for the new MVP that I think could step up this year, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Um hey. I think Dallas has a lot to prove this year. Kyrie has a lot to prove this year. And if they figure it out and win some games and they both are a good tandem, I could see him as well as the league pushing him to be, you know, the new face, the next face of the league. And I said, he's, he's done enough to earn that. He's earned that right. He's put up unbelievable numbers and all it takes is for him to, to be a top four seed in the West or top three seed in the West, which I think Dallas can do. So, um, I could, I could see a new MVP coming this year. All right. Team that I think is going to shock people. I'm just making up an award now. Give okay. me the Charlotte Hornets. And it's not necessarily because of Brandon Miller, who I think could have a solid rookie year. It's about LaMelo Ball. He didn't play a lot of games last year. People forget that that team was in the, was in the play-in back-to-back seasons. I think if you get a full health LaMelo Ball with Mark Williams, who should be taking another leap up in year number two, Obviously, there's a little bit of concern with Miles Bridges, who continues to be in the headlines for the, all the wrong reasons. I think you still, you, obviously, you still have Gordon Hayward there, Terry Rozier. End of the day, it's about LaMelo Ball for me. I think he's one of the best young point guards in the league. And if he's healthy, which I assume he is, he's going to be able to lead that team back into the play-in at the very least. Would not be surprised if they are seven or eight seed by the end of the season in the East. Big if, because he is always uh, has an injury issue. Um, but I do hope that he stays healthy. I don't see all of their teams staying healthy. But my yeah. sleepers are going to be the Indiana Pacers. Yes, I like that one too. The New Orleans uh, Pelicans. So obviously the Pelicans have always been good when Zion's healthy. They've been known to uh, show playoff berth or be able, a team to, to be a playoff team. So it's not much of a sleeper or shocker when they have healthy bodies and when they keep Ingram, CJ, and Zion together and playing well they can be some to reckon with in the West. So for me, I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton is very good. Buddy Heald is there. They picked up Obi Toppin. 
Bruce Brown, they have a good core. And, of course, Rick Carlisle's still there, right, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a yep. very good coach. So I could see them making some some good moves this year and, and shocking a lot of people. Also, Monty in Detroit. You know, you can't ever sleep on or overlook Monty Williams. So those two teams, the Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons in the East, I think are his sleeper teams. My The one thing I have with uh, the Detroit Pistons, and I mentioned this actually on a show I did earlier today, we, it's time to see Cade Cunningham, bro. Like, we forgot he was the number one pick in the 2021 draft. It's like we we haven't even mentioned him. We talk about Evan Mobley, who was the number three pick in that draft. Mm-hmm. But because Cade Cunningham didn't play last year, it's like we forgot he was the number one overall pick. We talk about all these other guys, the Ja Morants of the world, and obviously we're going to talk about Victor Webinyama, the new number one pick. But it's time for Cade Cunningham to kind of show and prove why he was the number one overall pick. He's very good, and I think he's going to come back and prove it this year. He's going to show people that he is still the Cade. I mean, his first year, he had a really good year. Started off a little slow, but... He's one of the guys that impressed me and improved tremendously within a year. And I was like, all right, he's starting to, to, to mature and he's going to show why. At first, people like weren't sold on him. But now he's crafty. He knows how to play the game. He has a high IQ. Uh, if he keeps his body right, I know there were some pictures trending of him where he looked kind of crazy, but he keeps his body right. I think he'll, he'll be the key to keeping Detroit in the play-in contention. All right, finally, the last award, and this one's actual real award. It was it was named for the first time last year, the Clutch Player of the Year Award. Last year, it went to De'Aaron Fox. Yes. This year, I'm going to give it to the guy by the name of Shea Gilgis Alexander. And not just, we all know he could score, but mm-hmm. I do think teams are going to take them a bit more seriously this year, won't sleep up on anybody, a lot more hotly contested games. And again, I think them having Chet Holmgren, a five that could stand out on the perimeter, is really going to allow him to cook. So, And in those end-of-game situations with his mid-range package, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to draw fouls, I think he's going to be one of the most lethal clutch scorers in the NBA and obviously another candidate too. I can't believe I didn't make him number one on my list. Dame Lillard. Now Mm -hmm. brought into the Milwaukee Bucks. And we all know how talented Giannis is. But when it's the end of the game, Dame's going to have the ball, and I think he's going to do a lot of damage and relish that opportunity in Milwaukee. Those are my two candidates for Clutch Player of the Year. Love those picks, man. Um, I'm going to have to go to Philadelphia 76, so I'm going to put Tyrese in there just because. Really? Um, you think he's, he's got the clutch scoring package? I think he's got he's a clutch got a scoring team. package. Well, I think, I said, because in the fourth quarter, there's going to be so much attention on Joel. And if James plays and Tobias, I think he's going to he's taking another leap. So he does score in bunches. And I think this year with the freedom and you know, said with Nick Nurse coaching him and, and giving him a little bit more time, he's going to be able to do more in the fourth quarter. So he's just my Philadelphia pick. But and I hate to do this because you know, I, I said I'm a sixer, but to pick another team in the East or another player in the East over my guys. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson, man. Um, mm. He is another good pick. Outside of my Philadelphia guys, it's going to go Jalen Brunson and Tyler Hero. So um, I think those Tyler guys. Tyler Hero. Yeah, he has something to prove. You know, he almost got traded. Uh, he's in Miami. They're going to be good. I think he's a top scorer. And they let go of Gabe and Max Struess. He's going to have to take on a lot more of a load there. True. Um, uh, Jimmy, during the season, kind of chills. <laughs> so. I, I can see, you know, Tyler being that scorer they look to in the fourth quarter. I still see Miami being a good team in the East, and I see him doing that. But Jalen, I said, with the, the additions they've added to New York roster with DiVincenzo, I think it opens up the floor even more for him. But uh, I think Quinn Grimes have a good year this year, a better year, which is going to open up the floor even more for Jalen. And Julius Randle has a chip. So other guys around him are going to make the game easier for, for Brunson. And I could see him being a guy that that 
that you know has a a really good you know year in fourth quarters. And I can't forget my guy Don Donovan Mitchell, man. Cleveland made some really good moves this year. They did. So, uh, you know they had a they had a really good offseason, and I think that's going to open the floor up a lot for Don. And I think he's going to be the guy to to take a step in the fourth quarter. Like clutch players usually where they your fourth quarter scoring. So that's what I'm basing it off of. And I see by the fourth quarter him having. I said learning from last year what he, what happened with us against the Knicks. I think he's taking that personal. And I said with the pieces he's added around him with George and Struess, George Niang, um, it's going to open up the floor a lot. He has more shooting. Evan Mobley's going to get better. Um, Jared Allen's going to do what he does. And Don's going to be able to – obviously Darius Garland. They have a good squad already. Um, but I think fourth quarter, they're going to look to him. He's going to take it upon himself, and he's going to lead them the way he needs to. And Cleveland's going to have a, a really good year. Yeah, those the Max Struess addition, George Niang's uh, addition really helps their floor spacing because that really hurt them last year, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, you are definitely right about that. Uh, all right, Danny, I got to let you go, not just because you got a, a work to do, but you also, I assume, at some point this evening, mm-hmm. are going to FaceTime your son. Yes, a couple times, a couple times a day if I can. As you guys don't know, now you know Danny Green <laughs> is a father. Congratulations. Um, yeah. We should put in like a, we should automate like a round of applause and the yeah, fire yeah. our producers could do that. Thank you. Congratulations, thank you. Danny. Thank Publicly you, man. on the podcast now. Yes, yes. I am a dad now. It's an amazing thing. Um, he's been great. He's growing fast. Uh, but to, I haven't been able to see him in person for the last couple of weeks. I've been in training camp. Uh, my deal is I have to make the team. So when I make the team, they'll fly in. Hopefully this weekend, I'll get the news hopefully tomorrow. And they'll fly in this weekend. I'll get to see him for the you know, first time in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, but it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I, I can't wait to see him. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a blessing, man. And uh, I enjoy him every day. So I FaceTime as much as I can every day, at least two or three times a day when he has his awake windows and he'll smile at the camera, you know, sometimes here and there he'll give me a smile. So uh, that brightens my day. Yeah, that's you gotta you gotta have to build like a tradition or something like that before every game, like give him oh, a yeah. little kiss or something like that. You gotta build a, tra- a superstition. I, I feel like he's gonna if I have a good year this year, it's gonna be because of him. He's gonna be the reason why my spirits are uplifted before the games, after the games. It's just a different type of peaceful, calming situation when you're, you know, taking naps with your son. So I'm enjoying it, man. Congratulations again, and I'm happy for Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, oh, I guess you should also tell America. Are you can tell the name of your son and why it came about. I have I actually told it. We did the Sixers podcast. I did it with Lauren Rosen, and I. Uh, there's a couple reasons why, but his name is Win Win Elias Green, and we posted it on social media. Um, you know, we heard the name. Or I brought it to wifey's attention. She wasn't a big fan of it at first, and we want to do something unique, different, obviously, and um, one syllable short. Uh, so we were trying to find. It's hard to find names that nobody's used before uh unfortunately i think somebody has used the name before when i think russell wilson has uh, but you know it's a part of the resume it's a part of the dna but also we we watched the movie and we heard the name being said a couple times we we're like oh that doesn't sound too bad we actually like that um so yeah you know the combination of all those things and the fact that he was a win i mean you know we were trying for some time and we weren't sure if we'd be able to happen naturally we went in for IVF consultation and she found out she was pregnant. So it was a win. It was a celebration. And, um, you know, that's what he represents for us. He, he was a win. Yeah, you've had a lot of wins in your career, but that is definitely one of the biggest. Uh, congratulations again. And uh, thank, thank you. you to everybody who tuned in to Inside the Green Room. 
first episode of season six of Inside the Green Room. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, Danny, please tell them what to do. Re-rate, subscribe, review. You know what I'm saying? You got to tap in with the crew. Let's do it. Oh, you made it rhyme this year. I'm with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, peace, y'all. Deuces.